0: Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese, and back with me once again is that damn dirty duck, Matthew Page. Later on in the show today, we'll have Rich Michelson, the Ram, to talk Little Sounders, and the SoCal Seahawk himself, Rob English. But we're going to go with a little bit of baseball, uh, and uh, that's kind of right up your wheelhouse here, Matt. Right in your wheelhouse, sorry, I don't know what right up your wheelhouse is supposed to be, but... Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a definitely the fun time of year, especially this year with the Mariners actually playing games that matter in September. It's it's, a, it's been are, a long time.
0: They are, but I'd like to do a quick little, uh, if I may, before we get to the Mariners. Aqua uh, Sox, the Aquasox, um, the, okay. the season is ended for Single A Aqua Sox. Mm-hmm. This is all brand new to a lot of us because the season went a little bit longer than it normally does and started way earlier than it normally does um but they ended up in the last place didn't they
1: uh it was either fifth or sixth in the in the the conference or whatever and it was it doesn't matter really um well, you're not in playoffs I mean, it been, so it doesn't really matter
0: it would have been nice the other day was the i want to say like the fourth or fifth anniversary of when we got to see them play in the playoffs against the spokane indians at t-mobile field and that was pretty groovy um mean it's always nice to have playoffs isn't it wasn't that 2018 or was it 2019
1: oh it was 2017 i don't remember my entire yeah uh, i i i've (laughs) lost track of all time uh you know time is meaningless in the pandemic world um yeah that was that was amazing um and, and yeah it's you know, but but the thing thing to remember though, with minor league baseball and and I've said this a billion times, but it's it's not necessarily about the wins and losses. It's about the players developing and becoming more complete ball players
0: well becoming better players. That's, that's from the its developmental point of view, but yeah, well, it from is From a money standpoint, the aqua sox, the the actual organization doesn't they, get that extra money.
1: they will yeah, they want it they obviously want to fill the stadium and because they make all their money off the gate. Um, but you know, I mean, in, in the overall scheme, you know, no one, no one loses their job if, if we, you know, lose five more games than we did last year or something like that. It's not a, it's not as big a deal, I guess, as, as with the majors, you know,
0: let's talk, let's talk about big deal. The biggest deal of the year for the Mariners, a trade that I didn't think was going to happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, state that Luis Castillo from red, from the Reds to the Mariners. (laughs) That kind of depleted the Aqua Sox, didn't it?
1: Well, it, it took away our best player, Nueva Marte, who will be, you know, knocking on wood. He'll be an MLB regular very before long. Um, he's a very talented young man, and he was starting to really put it together for the Aqua Sox. It gutted our offense. Um, but, you know, I mean, the Mariners got an ace to add to their rotation, who we have next year as well, and it was an amazing deal. It was both teams. Did well in the trade. Um, it and was one of those trades that both teams win. I think.
0: I thought we lost a couple of other minor leaguers that were important.
1: We we did at other levels, but not to the Aqua Sox. Uh, the Aqua Sox okay. No, no. Marte was the only one that really uh, like, that I think he was the only one in the trade from the 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 um, the Aqua Sox. Uh, there was some other people that like. Yeah, okay. I'm kind of bummed to see them go, but you know, no, we get Luis Castillo for God's sakes. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah he's uh, been on to, fire i listened to some youtube videos of yankees uh sports radio uh-huh. they absolutely despise luis castillo seems like every time he plays the yankees he just dismantles them
1: well his first two starts for the mariners were against the yankees yep and he destroyed them yep. it was awesome <laughs>
0: and i think he did it with the reds too like when he was there
1: <clears throat> oh yeah yeah he's he's a, he's he's proven he's a consistent yankee killer um which is good
0: are you stating that trade though did not dismantle the firm
1: no no we i mean it cost us but it but the reality is is that um there is another wave behind you know there's a wave of prospects that are that have been one uh, one or two of them have been promoted late 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 season from modesto up to um to everett and then and then there but all of them will be at everett next year that you'll see that are going to be promoted um Brian Wu uh who we interviewed at Seattle Sports Union here we uh I'll, that article will be available on our website tomorrow it was it was in the last program for the uh the Aqua Sox uh tomorrow being Friday the what the 16th of September um and uh then we've got Harry Ford uh Harry Ford the top prospect in the system will be up next year he's a catcher he's a catcher right he's a catcher uh, so Brian uh, Brian Solman Solak of course is obsessed with him and wants to interview him being a former catcher himself. Uh, he's always all over interviewing the catchers. Um, he, he's and a little
0: bit better than Brian ever was, right?
1: A little bit better than Brian Solak, yes, okay. just okay. just a little bit. Um, and uh, and there's a few others. The, a lot of a couple of the guys who are just drafted uh, this year um, are, are actually going to be in Everett probably next year, um, pretty quickly. Oh. So
0: so uh, are they? Are they uh, higher ranking draft picks?
1: Yeah. Uh, Cole Young, the first pick overall by by the Mariners, uh, spent, I think it was like 30 or 40 games at Modesto and just tore it up. Okay. Uh, he was, so he's, they might decide to pull the what, trigger what and move him up early. He? He's a shortstop. Okay. Uh, and is he the reason why Nueve
0: Marte isn't as necessary?
1: Well, Nueve Marte was originally, was, was going to become a third baseman down the road, third baseman or left fielder. He was never going to stay at short. He he looked a bit slow and awkward. Yeah. He's, he, he's a it, big it's guy. Like,
0: it's like the same deal that Mike Morse was a shortstop. Yeah. Okay. In high school.
1: Bye. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, you know, he would, he was never going to be a shortstop. The, the guy in the trade who we lost um, in the Luis Castillo trade, who was the shortstop for Modesto, um, and I'm blanking on his name right now. He's the guy that was probably he a better prospect. Oh, you know, he was going to be our future shortstop. He was, he was far more. I, you know, they didn't. I don't know why they didn't prone him halfway through the season to Everett and move move Marte right away. Um, but yeah, he was, he was, he was the one that was. People were more a little upset about losing than than Marte. Um,
0: from uh, from a fan perspective, any. Thing that, was there anything that you saw from the Aqua Sox uh, give me one uh, area where you'd like to see them improve from a fan perspective and give me one where uh, they knocked it out of the ballpark this year
1: an area that are you talking about like players or like
0: I'll, are, like I'll, I'll go first I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of
1: well I'm I mean, like are you talking about fan experiences in like the, the organization or are you talking about players on the field or what no,
0: fan experience okay you know, like for us, we go down there. We, uh, for for example, one, uh, I think they could improve their beer, uh, tasting night.
1: Yes, they need um, to. They need to do that on a Friday night too.
0: I Tuesday nights not a good night. For it's that.
1: never. It's always been on a week night, and I don't know why. Um, that they they make so much more at gate if they had it on a Friday night, and they also need to not charge quite so much for it. Yeah. I think I think it by doing it on Friday they'd be a la- they'd be able to to charge less and they'd make more overall
0: okay well you're taking over my fantasy. I'm
1: sorry
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not everything you said is what I wanted to say sorry well, you gave me nothing left to talk about here well it's
1: true
0: <laughs> uh, um but then I'll'll I'll say that I enjoyed the new uh auction method for jerseys z- where you uh you can uh do it online, you know, and you don't have to be at the game because sometimes I just can't make a game, you know, and I'd, I'd like to bid. And uh, I didn't win anything this year, but like uh, at least the couple of jerseys that I liked, I got to take a stab at.
1: Yeah, that, that was nice. Um, in the past, you'd have to be there and you'd have to bid. And then but uh, and and one of the benefits was that you got to go out on the field immediately after and like the player would take off the jersey. and hit, dude, Yeah, you'd have this sweaty Piece of fabric, but you got you got to meet the player. That was kind of cool. You didn't get to, you don't get to do that anymore, which is kind of a bummer. But um it's not oh, hard. It's it. not hard to track down the player to begin with, you know.
0: They did it for Saturday night. Maybe somebody complained.
1: Um Well they did yeah, they did it for some of the jerseys. They didn't do them for them all though. Um okay. maybe they learned later in the season um but yeah it's i, I kind of liked that where you got to go out and you get to go out in the field as a fan and you get a, you get to meet the player and you know have a friend take a picture of you two together or whatever and you're holding the jersey it's just a fun little thing to do as a fan it's not very hard to go and stand over by where they have to cross the con the, you know the, the fan oh, concourse or whatever to get to the the locker rooms and hold up your jersey and catch your player at another day another game or whatever and like you know get a quick picture or something like that but at least, I guess this way you get it laundered. They launder it before they mail it to you, so you don't get this sweaty pile of fabric. <laughs>
0: um, but, what about you? Is there something that you really liked uh, this year, and an area you think you could, they could improve?
1: Well, I, I I noticed this year what they did was they implemented the uh, well, they got a new pitch a pitch speed gun, and they and they implemented it into the TV screen, the jumbotron out in center so, field. So
0: people out there might be wondering, like you know what. What does that have to do with fan experience? Well, let me let me explain that to those <laughs> listening out there. The old speed gun they had was raw. <laughs> and we had a scout tell us like uh that speed guns not accurate. So yeah. it's nice that they got that fixed and there's like a 30-year-old speed gun have to, you know, keep track of that. It 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 does help.
1: Well, it's, yeah, it's nice to see who's throwing the heat and, and how fast they're throwing it. You know, when you see a particularly fast pitch, you can look up and go, oh, wow, okay, that guy hit 96.
0: Like, why does it keep saying 92 for every pitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, the old one was like 30 years old, and the guy who was running the scoreboard would have to, like, add, I think the rule of thumb is he added 11 or something like that <laughs> because of the angle, because it was up in it was up in the, up in the, um, in the press box. And it was, so it was off angle and it was just old and barely functioning. So they got a new one and they implemented it into their new, uh, scoreboard or Jumbotron with all their graphics and everything. They, they'd flash it up there. And I really appreciate that instead of having in the past, they had, they'd show the speed on a different, like little scoreboard, a separate that was weird and and hard to, hard to follow. Um, that was definitely a fan improvement. Um, so what, what, what,
0: would you like to see them improve
1: in all honesty i want i want the uh, left field beer garden to come back um (laughs) we had a lot of fun there last two years ago or whatever and and uh or it was pre-covid i guess it was pre-covid wasn't it yeah i don't remember when covid blew everything out of the water but uh they yeah it was pre-covid they used to have a beer garden down uh by the left field ga right by by the, the bullpen and um they have now kind of fenced that off and they have a tented area for all the pitchers and stuff and it's nice for the pitchers but you know they can there there's a fenced area there that they could kind of redo that area where they put all the the gardening stuff and they could make a area there for the pitchers i I know
0: i know we enjoyed it there but there is an opportunity if you want 25 or 21 to 35 year olds to have like a party area. There's an error. There's, there, it's an opportunity missing.
1: Well, it's a great, it's a great spot. And remember the last time Felix was there, that area was jam- like, uh, you know, there was no personal space. Everyone was cramming in because they all wanted, there was a hundred people in that little area and they're all watching. And you know, Felix was five feet away standing on the mound right. Right on. in the zone. I missed that. I want that back.
0: <laughs> <Me too. laughs> All right,, let's move on to the
1: Mariners here. Um, are you going to finally admit that you were wrong and that they're going to make the playoffs? because uh, i uh, you I, want I,
0: that on tape. Uh, I want it I
1: want you I want you to admit it on tape.
0: yeah, no, I, yeah, I, uh, I i i I who saw that there was a uh, a stat that said no major league baseball team at the end of May had ever made the playoffs with the Mariners' record, I, who saw that stat, uh, uh, was erroneous in that I listened to history and and I used facts and science to make a decision, whereas uh, some others on this show like you uh, used faith and blind luck. and a 14-game win streak that never has been done. Uh, in fact, the Mariners... Well, no, it has so been done. In fact, hang on. Mariners have done something to the fact of 16 years without a winning streak. Uh, I believe it was over nine, eight in okay. a row, or something like that. All right. Um, and so I used all these stats and facts because, you know, I... Oh, yeah,
1: because you're a stats guy. Yeah, I'm
0: not a stats guy. And <laughs> I, I, the one time... I looked at stats and facts and science uh, was wrong. I was wrong to have used information available
1: oh. <laughs> to make I like how you're framing that this. the
0: Mariners would make the playoffs. Uh, who knew?
1: Well, who knew? Um, I'm looking at fan graphs right now, and technically uh, they, they have a 99.7% chance of making the playoffs. So there's still a chance that they could Mariner it up. percent they have a 3.8 percent chance to win the world series and i probably that's probably pretty close to accurate um you know i i have to say i i mean they've they've exceeded my expectations i figured you know that they would uh, that they would get into the playoffs and then probably lose in the wild card game playoff or whatever and and that would be that but we'd break the streak i was pretty excited about that um but the way with with the castillo trade uh and the way our pitching staff is playing we we need we need two hitters to 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 finally learn how to hit and we could go um, this guy's the limit
0: yeah okay and that's on my notes here that was the big one i wanted to ask you is the offense isn't better
1: well hanniger is struggling at the moment and oh, winker out. winker's oh, been a,
0: out, isn't he? uh no i think he's playing well i saw haggerty playing i was at the game last night yeah haggerty was playing who haggerty needs to be a everyday player
1: uh he's terrible as an everyday player dude
0: what is else? what else? how else do you uh, i can't watch winker anymore dude i cannot watch winker Wink,
1: winker is the winker is the other player i was i was getting to that winker has been stand. a black hole He's been a black hole all year. Uh, he is. He needs to. He needs to find some magic. Um, oh, but,
0: okay. but obviously, uh, it. What we've seen the entire year is Johanio Suarez.
1: Uh, he is who he is. Raleigh he was hit for average. He hits for dingers.
0: Cal, Cal Raleigh. These are all kind Big of. Uh, these are all. Uh, what I what I was gonna say is. This is modern day baseball, right?
1: Yeah. Uh oh, yeah.
0: what what do they call it? Three true outcomes, guys. Yep. It's all uh, about but, but, and
1: it's all about the it's all about the chicks digging the long ball, you know? It is. And and
0: actually it works well like on Sunday where I think the Braves scored 5 runs in the top of the ninth.
1: Was was that the game that like there was like eight home runs in? It, I don't it, it, there's been yeah, so yeah, many yeah, home yeah. run yeah, games that's one. That's the Mariners. I mean, it's and crazy.
0: The, and the Braves, Here, here's me. <laughs> you know, a guy who, you know, obviously I, uh, you a godless heathen. Oh, uh, yes. I don't understand how you have faith in baseball, but not in the, you know, ethereal other. But, um.
1: Okay. So <laughs> that's <laughs> a, a whole other, other podcast. But go on.
0: I turned off the radio. I'm like, oh my God, the Braves scored Uh, five runs and, and the two outs. So what I left that 20 years ago, dude, (laughs) 20 years ago. I I was like,
1: no, no, we (laughs) somehow we found that magic again. I don't know what it is.
0: You And is it, is it a person player? or Is it just like all this karmetic, uh, you know, uh, 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 all this karma has just built for 21 years. Well,
1: I, I hope it's players and not karma because karma the universe hates the mariners sometimes <laughs> uh the 2021 or 20 2011 team is good evidence of that yeah um so you know hopefully nothing happens that bro- breaks our stride or anything like that if, i mean knocking on wood was 2011
0: um, the eric wedge year i
1: mean 2011 20, 2001 sorry
0: oh okay well no even within the 21 years of losing
1: yeah, we've had good run, good teams. There were a couple of years a
0: where they were like good teams. Yeah, and it just Eric Wedge decides he hates the ownership and he leaves.
1: I don't hold that against him now, <laughs> knowing knowing what we all know now. I absolutely don't hold that against him. Hargrove retired in the middle of the season too.
0: Yeah, so there's <laughs> obviously something going on there. Um. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was. It, it's just it's been a long road it's it's lovely to see that they're that they're in it in september uh the fans have been turning out to the games it's been a lot of fun um and and we just need some a couple more offensive pieces to click but i don't think Hagerty deserves to be a full time guy i think i think he's great as a super sub
0: you, you um, watch a lot more uh national i do than i do uh i'm i'm just a mariners guy that's my that's my team and Everything else I really don't care about. Uh, So I got to ask you the question. If you throw out, uh, because typically in baseball, what happens is in the playoffs, you put your best three, sometimes four uh, pitchers out there. So for us, that's going to be Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray, and uh, Luis Castillo. Yeah. Is there another team that in baseball matches? The Mets. Who do they have?
1: Scherzer and DeGrom and whoever is number three. <laughs>
0: okay, so maybe they got two, but they don't have three. It I'm
1: trying to think of who their number three is off the top of my head. Um, I don't really follow the Mets, to be pretty honest. Is it honest. fair to
0: say that pitchers win playoffs?
1: It's pitching and defense. Pitching and defense wins playoffs.
0: Oh, my God. I was at the game the other day. Uh, I was at the game last night. Uh, Julio flat out dropped a ball. Or two days ago. I was oh. at the game two days ago. Julio flat out dropped a ball. Yeah. Let her, Let her run in. It's like, I don't know. We got the pitching. Sometimes defense, I'm like, oh.
1: Um, it's DeGrom, Scherzer. They've got Chris Bassett as their number three. They've also got Carrasco and Taiwan Walker. That's a familiar name. Yeah, former Maryland. Um, And then they've also got the best shutdown closer in the game right now, which is someone we traded. And, well, I don't know if we regret that trade yet, but, you know, our, our Kalanick hasn't turned out to be all he was. Yeah, I, I, about I think to be. the
0: only, I think the only, re- uh, th- there is a case, if you just put the thing uh, as talent level, we got screwed. If you put it from the perspective perspective of, we needed to get rid of a steroid abuser who had a huge payroll. Oh, Yeah. Payroll bit, then you had to do it.
1: You did a salary dump and yeah, you had to you had to. You had to get rid of him.
0: Yeah, once he got off the roids, he sucked and uh it we had to get rid
1: of him. Well, it's not just that, but you also have to look at it as you're trading a young closer and closers can be manufactured. Now, uh, once I, in a blue moon there is the exception to that rule and Diaz is proving to be that exception, which hurts. Yeah, yeah. But in general, you can usually make one. Uh, he's not going to be as good as Diaz has turned out to be, but yeah. you can usually kind of make one. Um, and so, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't have a problem trading a closer. Now, yeah. Anyway, um, the Mets. So your the answer to your question was: you uh, know, Are there is is there a team out there that can match us on the NL side if we were to? No, no, no. no like, AL a-
0: a- 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 more more. A- we don't worry about the NL unless we make the World Series. Like I don't think the I don't think the Yankees do.
1: The Yankees can't. Um they've got one pitcher.
0: I'm not even sure that the Indians are gonna make the or Guardians are even gonna make the playoffs at this point. The White Sox are so red
1: hot. Like keep an eye on the Rays. The Rays always have a sneaky good pitching staff. They may not be starters, but they'll but they'll you know they'll they'll throw out openers and and, and you know, a bullpen game or whatever, and they'll beat you um i think yeah i think other than us i think the rays are the other are the are the team to worry about in terms of pitching
0: okay uh so last topic i want to bring up is because i keep getting confused how the hell does the wild card work now that they've added an extra wild card team and i say this because i just bought my my strip of uh <laughs> playoff tickets and i want to know
1: See that, so that
0: that the Mariners. Well, like it's one. Will I get to see the Mariners play a wild card game? Two, uh is it three wild card? The three wild cards play a round robin, or do they do they pair off and somebody takes the worst seed from the division leaders? How does that work?
1: Well, they do. That's the thing. I I'm not a hundred percent certain myself. It's weird. It's. Oh, okay. No, never mind. I get it now. So what happens is um, the top seed in the wild card gets a buy. Okay. Do I the think. Mariners have a no
0: chance for that?
1: No, 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 no. Never mind. I'm sorry. It's not a buy. What happens is okay. So there's the there's the two the the two though the top two division leaders get a buy. Okay. So what happens is, so like in the, what's what's going to happen right now, if, if the season ended today, the Yankees and the Astros get a buy. Okay. And then the wild oh, card number one, number two, series. Number
0: one and number two seed get a buy.
1: Yeah. So the wild card series, the third seed uh, wild card plays the bottom seed, the number three division winner. So the right now, the Rays would play the Indians.
0: What happens to the, Mariners
1: the the four and five seed that's the Mariners and and the Blue Jays uh they they would play each other and it's a three game series one game no it's a three game series
0: three games here okay so I most likely will get to see at least one wild card game
1: uh you should um the Mariners in that situation are the higher seed so I would expect them to get two game two home games
0: nice nice all right Um, guys I want to bring on uh A former uh, Seattleite, uh, super soccer expert, and sounder insider, uh, and also former, uh, well, actually might still be a Mariner fan. I'm not certain, but it's our friend, the Ram, Richard A. Michelson. Rich, you got to hear a little bit how the baseball playoffs work. Do you have anything to say about Brian Solak and how he complained how bad soccer playoffs are?
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, Rich is on mute. Uh, Rich
1: is on mute or something.
0: He hasn't figured out how to uh, you know what? I grew I up I like with him Rich. under
1: mute, you know. I
0: grew up with Rich. And if I ever had a mute button for him with all <laughs> the stuff he said back in the day, man, that would have been amazing.
1: It's been Real useful. So <laughs> remote control you can point out and click
0: mute. He'll he'll I'm chime done. in when he figures out figures it out, but uh uh, it, it is kind of funny though that uh, baseball has moved to a very confusing system, um, and for us Mariner fans, uh, who the last time we've been in a playoffs, <laughs> so uh, long ago, <laughs> it was so long ago we may have uh, forgotten what it's like
1: to be in one. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's
0: kind of the opposite for Sanders though, Matt. I
1: mean, like, um, is it straightforward makes well, sense. No,
0: I don't know.
2: If, I don't know if soccer playoffs is straightforward, but I mean, like. Soccer playoffs are more straightforward than uh, Mariner playoffs are.
1: Let, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me, let me put it at my level of knowledge There's at the Rich. moment. Uh, uh, did the Sounders get their act together and actually make the playoffs?
0: Well, we'll get there. We'll get there in a second. Hang on. I want to <laughs> uh, chime in on Rich. He figured out how to use a microphone, which is uh... <laughs> yes,
2: he did. plugging it in helps plugging it <laughs> in helps.
1: That, that, uh,
0: yes. Qu- question question uh, for you, because this is your chance to rebutt. Brian Solak who gave you a lot of guff. I'll just say it. Um, in that when uh, the the Sounders were in a tournament, uh, yeah, he didn't he, he didn't like how the playoffs work in the CONCACAF tournament. Um, so did he want them to change to- the rules
1: just because of him him not? He liking-
2: wanted them to change the rules just because he he is um, confused. So okay, um, well he's. But I mean, so just just to, to make things very simple, um, in the Major League Soccer playoffs, it is a single elimination knockout tournament. The team with the better record hosts the playoff game. Win or go home, and if you don't win, shut up. Right, so there's so, no. I, mean, I thought they were aggravated. no, no. That's that's done and over with. Uh, it started the year the Sounders won their second MLS Cup in 2019. That's why we had to go to LA, and um, and uh, we beat them three to one. You know, and it was kind of a smash and grab uh, set of tactics um, in the Concacaf Champions League because all the leagues are different. Right, you couldn't just like see the see the tournament based off of who had the best overall record because I mean, who's to say who has the better record? Who's to say, how do you see that when leagues are so, so different, you, you really want a team from like uh, I don't know, Trinidad and Tobago to be the number one seed just because they dominate their, their home league. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So um, all the, all the games there, all the series, there are home and home. Most goals wins. And then, if it's tied, then there's there's a there's a some tiebreakers.
0: Yeah, I never really understood why toboggans were necessary in Trinidad. But Matt, uh, back to your question about uh, <laughs> back to your question about uh, no. uh,
1: yeah. So, did the Sounders get their act together, or what? Um,
2: the Sounders it... have gotten their act together. The last two games, they have
1: to won them. Well, sorry, no real, ties. Quick, real quick. Yeah. Um How many how many teams make it in in each? conference how many teams make it into the playoffs so what's the barrier ah, they have to seven
2: get to? seven make it into each uh okay, seven into right. each bracket 20 and sounders are not 20, yet into number seven 20, 28 teams total there are
1: something like that, that right I, I have, uh, the, they the, half, keep half, on
2: half, adding, half, adding half, and, and, and adding 14, and in Charlotte, 14 so, so
1: yeah there's 28 and seattle is number nine at the moment in the western conference that is correct
2: yeah, 28 that's,
1: teams. That's so, that's higher than seven, so that means that they're not in there. I'm, that I'm, is correct. No, It junior, doesn't sound like they've got their act together.
2: Um, Not yet, but you remember when you're in um, fighting to just barely make it into a seven-team or a six-team or an eight-team playoff, you usually need help, right? Yeah. Think, think eighth seed in the basketball playoffs, right? You usually need help. Or you're fighting for that last wild-card slot in Major League Baseball, you probably need some help. To catch, you know, to catch up if you're a few games back. The Sounders right now are four points out. That means that they need a win and a tie just to pull even with the number 17. That's bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The good news is every single one of the rest of their games is very winnable Mm -hmm. if they play well who's so um, that caveat? There know? is that caveat. Well, here, so so some other good caveats is the sounders still have a lot of talent. The other good thing is that there has been an emergence of two young players finally stepping no, forward. no, no no, 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 oh That's yes. in my notes, you do better not. You
0: better oh, not I'm going there. About,
1: we're 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 both like, you better not talk that. about
0: my question number four <laughs> about Danny Leva.
2: Oh, and, okay. Well, and, I, uh, I won't jump the gun. But, uh, I no, will no, say, ask a
0: question. Danny okay. Laban and Tensio, what do you think about them?
2: Those They've been games? awesome the last two games.
0: Were those who you were talking you're gonna talk about? Yeah,
2: that's who I was gonna talk about. Oh, yeah, thank God it cool. was my question. Oh, that's your question. You're v- <laughs> so, very good so question. So it gets credit
1: for if anyone yes, asks. He, he's I don't gonna give get the score. credit for
2: that. <laughs> so um in soccer, for for those that aren't super familiar the most important position on the field is central midfield. Usually whoever that defensive or the pair of defensive midfielders are. And the reason is just very, very simple. The center of the park is the most important part of the park, other than right in front of the opponent's goal and right in front of your own goal. If you control the center of the park, you probably control the game and you probably win. I I tell people it's kind of like, uh, uh,
0: It's kind of like the point guard, right? Because you have to, you better be able to play defense
2: and you absolutely have to run the offense, right? Well, yeah, it it is. And it's not just that it's, it's, it's like who, who controls the key in basketball, right? Even in this day and age of, of three point shooting, right? You gotta, everyone wants to shoot the three or, or dunk the ball, but how do you dunk the ball? You drive into the key and you you dominate that right. Yeah, you control yeah. that avenue, and um, the Sounders basically were able the last two games to dominate the center of the park. Mm-hmm. Their two central midfielders, Josh Atencio, who is twenty, and Danny Leva, who is nineteen, um, they were just silly, like silly good um the last uh the last couple of games you have to uh,
0: consider them veterans now don't you
2: i mean given the number of games they've played in tacoma for the defiance and now the the number of minutes and games they've played for the sounders yeah i mean they're not like veterans like christian rolled or something like that right but they're not rookies either they're they're past that um they they are not going to be intimidated by the number two team in the western conference um right. So uh,
0: the it, and the pair of them seem to be making up for Christian Roldan being injured. That's that's my impression.
2: Yeah, I mean, like uh, they they're doing things that he would do if he was in central central midfield. But remember, the sound for the Sounders, he has really been playing on the wing for most of the season. Okay, but but he also kind of cheats and comes back into the middle of the park. What they are doing is they are doing the job that Jao Paulo was doing the first two and a half months of the season and throughout the CONCACAF Champions League uh, playoffs, okay? They are controlling the tempo, and they're starting the offense, and if there ever is a counterattack, they're basically going and stepping on someone's foot. They're putting in the hard tackle, the hard challenge. But- ja-
0: Jao Paulo, of course, being... Uh, The guy who got injured towards the guy that got injured, he
2: blew out his knee in the in the in the final the final leg of the of the of the final uh, pairing um, at here at home um, in the first uh, thirty minutes I think of the match. So, but let me just give you some stats. I know Abe hates stats; he is not a stat guy. But these are these are counting stats, Abe. These are not these are not highfalutin fancy analytic stats. These are this is like RBIs. Okay, Can, can you handle that? I, I can handle it. Yes. It's it's like strikes versus balls. Okay. Josh Atencio. No
1: war here.
2: Okay. Well, yeah, no war. At um, Josh Atencio, an Atencio and, and Danny Leva completed 98 out of 111 passes. So that means they don't they're not giving the ball away to the other team. Correct. They were never dispossessed, which that's a fancy swear- way of saying they never had the ball stolen off of them.
0: I swear that Andy Rose just constantly gave that ball away to the to the other team. I'm glad to see he's not in there. Well, he's he's a coach
2: now. So um we're not Andy
0: Rose. Who who am I thinking of? Um uh, sorry. The the guy who had been a super sub, and I complained about him last time you we were on the show. Oh, uh Kellen
2: Rowe. Kellen Rowe, sorry, yeah. Kellen Rowe, yes. Uh, uh Kellen Rowe is best best used in, in small, small doses. Um uh, like your like your poor hitting utility player. You want him in in the lineup in small you're, doses. You're Willie Bloomquist. Yeah,
0: I was just yes. going to say, is
1: he a Willie Bloomquist?
2: Valuable He's fine in small days. doses. Very Not starting shortstop days. quality. Like like even Luis Soho is more valuable than than uh <laughs> Willie Bloomquist, right? Matt I mean, Stairs. What?
1: Matt Stairs, the best pinch good. hitter of all time. He hey man,
2: good. yeah. Matt stairs. Yeah. That's back back to soccer. Sorry. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Okay. So then the other thing is they won 11 out of 17 duels. So this is um, either aerial duels. So two guys are going up for the ball or it's a 50, 50 challenge. Who wins it? Who gets the ball? Like who, who comes out of that? Right. Um, Mind you, neither one of them is a physical specimen. Okay. Uh, They are, they are both still growing into their bodies. And Josh Atensi was especially long and lanky, kind of like an awkward giraffe sometimes. Um, so the fact that these guys were able to take the ball off of grown men more than half of the time is really important. And then the other thing is they had 13 recoveries. The recoveries are when it's a loose ball, who chases it down and gets it. Now, some of these are just really easy, right? But some of them are like you're out racing someone else to the corner or to the sideline to get the ball and then you know do something with that. So they they were really good at keeping the ball and then um there's another stat that I don't have in front of me but um both of them were really good at passing the ball in a forward direction. Okay, okay. into the offensive third. They're okay? attack minded. They are they are looking forward first if there is nothing on then it goes sideways or occasionally backwards, but One thing I've talked about in the past several months is the horseshoe of death. And this is where you have the ball in your back. Your center backs have the ball and they pass it to the right back or the left back. And they pass it to the right midfielder or the left midfielder. And then they pass it up to someone else, but the ball stays on the perimeter guys. It stays like it's a horseshoe, right? You have the ball, you're possessing the ball, but you're not doing anything with it. There's no penetration. There's no interchanging runs. There's no, Get the ball into the center of the park and then pass it back outside. There's no, you know, it's 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 like in basketball. It's the same thing. The horseshoe of death. It just goes around the three point line and then back around the three point line and back around the three point line and back around the three point line. It's it's useless. You're not going to win any games that way, right? There is no more horseshoe of death with these two guys on the ball. They've been excellent.
0: It sounds like a stall tactic.
2: Well, I mean, it's a great stall tactic to kill a game off, but it's not. it's not a tactic you use when you try to win games. Right. So
0: question for you about new, who the uh, defender, mm-hmm. every, every Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook post newspaper article, and even skywriting talked about his first goal. Why is this such a big deal?
2: Like, uh- the guy has played like a gajillion games <laughs> and not scored a goal. And he's, I mean, he's had a fair number of shots. I don't know, 20 the, or 25 shots score, score goals
0: though. I mean,
2: well, but, but, but like outside backs score goals some of the time, like yeah. not a lot, but some of the time. Uh, and we've had a history of, of outside backs that have scored goals. Uh, Kelvin Leerdam, yeah. the yeah. right back yeah. scored a few goals, like not a lot, like four, three, four, a season um joven jones when he was with us he's yeah. left back he scored a few goals um brad smith scored a few goals we want to go back a, a generation or two uh leo uh, gonzalez one of uh you know sounders uh you know kind of cult cult hero he scored a few goals so we, we've had a history of outside back scoring goals even brad um Brad Evans, you know, who kind of bounced around the, the pitch, you know, either in central midfield, but often would play right back as well. So, he scored so the goals. Sanders offense is geared for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, like if, if the outside backs are doing their job, a couple times a game, they're going to find themselves in the box with an opportunity to pass or shoot um, on goal. And that's something they should do. The problem is new who either takes these insane shots that nobody like Freddie Montero and his prime shouldn't shoot the ball from there. Okay. Um, I mean, they're, they're the equivalent of. Um, Steph Curry shots. Okay. But he is not Steph Curry. And the guy that is Steph Curry, Lionel Messi, who you know, plays in Europe, he wouldn't take the shots. I mean, just like knew who is, is, is ridiculous sometimes. Okay. But what happened in the, in the Houston game is there was a loose ball in the box. The Sounders had worked a great, great Bit of possession opened up the defense. Rui Diaz had a point blank shot and hit it right at the goalkeeper. And the ball bounced around in the box a couple times and landed right in front of Who's feet. He had time to set and shoot, but not to set and shoot with his left foot. He had time to set and shoot with his right foot, and that's what he did. And he didn't try to power it in. He didn't try to do anything fancy. He just put it in the right spot with an like with enough force to get it, you know, past the goal line. And and it went, and it was a critical piece of maturity from him, and it was a critical piece of, um, of uh, I guess I, I won't say luck, but I'll say good fortune, right? You know, luck is you know luck happens in sports when you know hard work in, uh, meets opportunity, right? Yeah. And and the Sounders had really been beating up on um, Houston in that game. In fact, they they completely outplayed them. Houston had got this goal off a really wacky situation where the the, the guy shot the ball, it wasn't going anywhere near the goal, but one of his teammates just like got in the way and redirected it at like a, you know, a trick, you know, pill, billiard ball doink, you know, and you can't defend that. It's just, it's just good luck. Um, Harry right. Shipp did that for the Sounders a few years back when he was still on the team. So, right. Um, so
0: what's, what's all this I hear about Rui Diaz might go to the national team for Peru.
2: Yeah. Uh, I might so the Sounders. So he, so there's a, there's an international break and I know Brian hates it and everything else. Right. But um, all, all, all of the players are going to raise both of their hands and give you guys the double deuce because it's the single most important thing in a soccer player's career is to play in the world cup. They will cut off appendages and other body parts that shall not be shared about on this family (laughs) show to go to the world cup.
1: Yeah, but this one, though, this one's going to be played midday in 120 degree conditions in a slave nation. In a slave nation that hundreds of thousands of slaves have died to put on.
2: It's a terrible situation. And the professional soccer players that go to the World Cup do not care. They want to represent their country at the highest level against the best players in the world.
0: But wasn't there, isn't there a, a soccer player in Norway and the uh, Norwegian Federation refuses to let this guy go play in Russia because, you know, they're, Norway doesn't like Russia these days. Um, can't we just say like, uh, we hate Qatar. So you need to stay, Raul.
2: I mean, you can say that he's not going to listen. <laughs> and, and I mean, like there are, um i mean it, it, for something to change right for for those of us that don't want slave labor or other problems that cutter has right from a humanitarian standpoint right for something to change it would take a a political revolution in the football fans worldwide no it would take fifa
0: having a heart
2: and no that's not it gonna would take, happen it would no no it would take fan power to do it because FIFA cares about this. You guys uh, on the radio can't hear us. Um, it's money. The money. They care about money. If the fans strike, if the fans boycott, FIFA li- listens. Okay. Um, leagues listen. There was a there was a there was a protest last year um, for the Liverpool versus Manchester United match when there was. Um, the possibility of all the biggest clubs in Europe going and breaking away and doing their it's own conference, their own. Yeah. Their own conference, right. Their own, their own league. And. um Like no one could get in the stadium. They didn't play the match. Money out of everyone's pockets. Remember FIFA gets a cut of that. Right. People listened. That thing went away pretty quickly. So. Um, it would take a, like a worldwide. Like fans caring about cutter and the humanitarian disaster that it is and um quite frankly as a human race we're just not very good at that sort of thing that's that's why china's had two olympics
0: uh, russia had the world cup and the Olympics.
2: russia had the world cup and the olympics brazil who does not have the best track record of humanitarian you know stuff you know they they had the world cup and the olympics so i mean i i understand
1: Those were the morals disasters.
2: of this but th- the players do not see it as their place to move it they are not in the position of power the only people that are in a position of power are the leadership of fifa but remember where they're elected from they're elected from the nations right and the nation no no national soccer federation cares enough to try to make this a thing right because nobody at home cares enough to make the federation care enough to make it a thing
1: because we all, all right. want to see the best all players right. in the world you're bumming, out,
0: you're bumming out our audience well
1: on the fifa the fifa <laughs> heads they hide out in switzerland where they're protected from extradition anyway that's well, what they, it's I mean, the last head guys that's the last head guy got, you know, they, yeah, they, Seth, the uh, Seth was,
2: a, was a scumbag, yeah. Anyway, and in Infantino might be too. You said
1: so. you said Rudiaz
2: was thinking about going to play so for his, he's team? he was on the outs, he was on but, the outs, um, with the the Peruvian was, national team, yeah. I thought he was, from they, Peru. um, he hasn't been called in a whole lot, and when he has been called in, he hasn't played, but they just fired their manager. And the whole but, crew, and there's a new guy in t- town in charge. And um but Peru what is Peru in is the doing World cup? What's that? Is Peru in the World Cup? I don't think so. No, they're I think not. That's why looking, the guy got fired. Yeah,
1: I'm looking at the groups no, right they're now. Still, they're not they, there.
0: Aren't they still qualifying or you no? Know,
1: it's locked Hold in from what I'm looking at the official FIFA oh. website right now.
0: Well, he doesn't need to go to that. (laughs) He definitely doesn't need to go to the
1: national. That's what I'm saying. I'm confused. I'm like, I don't see Peru on this list. And it looks pretty long. I've got all the the eight groups locked in.
2: Yeah. They're, um, I think they have some friendlies. So, um, which I know you guys hate. And I, I hate this right now, especially given that there's a playoff race. There is negotiations between the Sounders and, um, uh, the, the national team to try to get, um, him back so that um, he doesn't miss the game on the 27th which is
1: against Cincinnati they There's suddenly got good at soccer so oh
0: they're the worst if only four games left right
1: yeah that was my next so, question so we don't have we don't have a big margin do we because it's no nope. playoffs start in like three and a half weeks or something like that
2: um it's like mid october mid october yeah
1: so like four weeks i guess roughly
2: rich have you- so mm-hmm. Good. Uh, I was just going to say that just the 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 schedule upcoming. uh, Vancouver uh, did us a solid. They beat Real Salt Lake, who stand in seventh place, who have been um, falling like a lead balloon. They they were as high as third um, just a few weeks ago, and they just can't win. Um, Vancouver kind of killed them three to nothing uh, at Vancouver, mind you, but but still, I mean, Vancouver does not have a lot of talent. Um, they have a whole bunch of we also never has life. been like, also you RANs.
0: Cincinnati, you said Cincinnati, and they're
2: mm-hmm. theoretically Patsies. Sp- I think Sporting Case. KC- well, they're not Patsies. They're a playoff team this year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So this is a big change. Cincinnati's never been good. This year, they finally got the right pieces in place. Um, and they didn't keep on doing a merry go round of coaches. Like they've actually kept their coach in place for longer than 18 months um they have a they have an actual theory of how they want to play soccer okay, um, so they've been good treat, it might be, but but sporting kc right yeah so we we play at vancouver on saturday okay. um and then on the 27th we play at home against cincinnati so we host cincinnati they have to travel okay. across the country um which they probably don't want to have to do um and it's a weird night it's like a, a tuesday night i think um Hmm. tuesday night match which is really a strange day to play soccer um and then um that next weekend we host uh, we go to kansas city now kansas city has been a perennial favorite in the western conference for the last uh, 15 years 12 years but not this year this year they're terrible now they've been racked with injuries but also they they've they've made a big strategic error of they have not developed their bench. They have not developed their younger players consistently. Their head coach likes to push and push and push and push and push. And what happens is his guy's wear out by the end of the season. He doesn't ever give them enough rest. Um, and that's happened again this year. Um, it was the last, so, last game. And the last game's at home against San Jose, who always play us tough but are also terrible. Just uh, they're, so they're We definitely they're, do need help because – in a way, yeah.
0: it would almost been better if we had teams above us, and we could make our own luck. Right? You just have to beat the. This is going to require a meltdown
2: by at least two teams above just, us. Just one team. Just one it's, team. Okay. It's cool. Um. I mean, there is one team ahead of us. One point ahead of us is the Galaxy. The Galaxy are on in complete free fall. Their their um their Starman Chicharito cannot hit a penalty kick. He is now four for nine. Now, mind you, the worldwide average for penalty kicks is 75%. Okay. That's, that's across the world, across leagues. Uh, in some leagues it's as low as 70% In other leagues it's as high as like maybe 85. So that's kind of the, the standard range, but um, he's terrible with penalty kicks. Just for some comparison, Nicholas Ladero is like 19 for 20 on penalty kicks all time. Okay. Uh, Brad Evans was all time like twelve for twelve for the Sounders. He never missed one in all competitions. So, um, you know that's uh, that's just kind of you know some perspective there. They're they're not going to go anywhere. LA is terrible. All, all right, right. So who's who's that? Who is after Casey? Uh, I mean, San Jose. They're also terrible. So this is okay. this the Sounders have a schedule that they absolutely should Winnable. win every game. They will be favored in every game, like the betting lines and all that fun stuff, right? This is a take care of business, and you have a really good shot at being in the playoffs. Not 100%. You don't control your destiny yet, but you have a really good shot. Um, you know, RSL uh, has a tough schedule, and they have a friendly they have a friendly in the middle of this playoff race yeah so they'll just throw their scrubs in that game well but you well, still do, gotta yeah. you still have to prep right even your scrubs right like they don't have an uh, this, they, we don't have like 50 guys on the bench they have they have they have to play some starters there are contractual obligations for this friendly of like who they have to play get stuck with a friendly at the end of the season N- not us rsl rsl who you know, is yeah 70- i said them how did they that's do- poor um, planning it's poor planning i think it's some sort of showcase that major league soccer is um maybe like it was do- doing
1: rescheduled from earlier in the year or something maybe
2: <clears throat> something like that i mean i don't remember exactly but Ooh, it's it? um it's against like a, a mexican team uh, i was gonna so say they have this like campione's cup or or league's cup thing and there's a like a playoff part of it but then there's also like a just a showcase it's just a like a midweek friendly so
0: all right yeah, yeah i was gonna say it better be like a manchester united or something no something no it's it's money. like
2: it's like i don't know monterey or somebody i i'm trying to i'm trying to look at this here so uh, with uh um...
0: rich with the success of the mariners do you see any flippy floppy of uh um, fans Maybe those last couple games at home might be under, under capacity. I mean, there's
2: there's probably some. Um, I, I'll be honest. I think there's been a little bit of fatigue with the Sounders, right? They're not the new guys in town. It's been 13 years, 14 years, right? And the Sounders honestly have not been great at marketing, especially not marketing to the Hispanic population. They just don't do a really great job. They don't, yes. they don't really embrace that part of the the northwest culture and um you know a lot of people mocked them for a while they like had groupons for tickets you know what quite frankly who cares like honestly you make a lot more money off of concessions than you do off of the se- the seats isn't it weird that uh fan bases get
0: tired of winning
2: but yeah, I mean, this his. is this is kind of like the Atlanta Braves in the '90s with their fan base. Is I, like... I was
0: thinking, I was thinking uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Frank, um, what was his name? Solich. Yeah, uh, they just absolutely couldn't stand that he wasn't uh, uh, Tom Osborne. And it's that like, was, that oh, was his winning, crime. You guys are winning nine games every year.
1: Well, <laughs> that was Bo Pelini too. Bo Pelini did the same thing yeah they i fired mean, him yeah who was
0: the who was the guy after uh who, who was the guy after bo shembuckler at my at michigan
2: oh Lloyd carr, gosh Lloyd
0: carr.
1: Gary, yeah Lloyd yeah. carr yeah
0: all he did was win a national championship but he
1: wasn't bo shembuckler no and they didn't like him
0: yeah <laughs> it's like what else is he supposed
2: to do I mean, anyway so yeah. uh one
1: last Definitely. question for you rich sure i i i think i know the answer to this and i'm not going to like it but <laughs> who won the Cascadia cup Portland. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. They, they, I, they, beat, they beat every,
2: they beat everyone, right? Like there's no, there's no getting around it.
1: Yeah. That's, they swept that's not both acceptable. Teams.
2: No, it's not acceptable, <laughs> but, but, we got but the here's coffee. the thing. Do you, do you want a rivalry like the Huskies have with the, the Washington state Cougars in football?
1: or do you it's a good rivalry it's not a lot of intensity to it it there's
2: a lot of intensity but it's not a good rivalry the huskies win four out of five times that's not a a true like that is not something to really hang your hat on that is a classic big brother little brother thing okay like a a real rivalry
1: like the ducks versus washington for a long time for the
2: last 20 years yeah i know you're right but
0: I mean uh, or, or or like the Ducks versus Washington for the previous hundred years
2: before that.
1: I mean, yeah. I I, mean, like, I, I don't know what you're you talking about. I wasn't alive during those hundred years.
2: You don't want that kind of rivalry. Right <laughs> you you want you want something like what the Huskies and USC had. You want something like what USC and UCLA have.
0: Well, you want what
2: you want what Port, Portland and Sounders are. And the Sounders have mind you, Seattle's been the dominant or, team, but it but it hasn't been a completely like big brother little brother yeah.
1: situation to be honest right yep. to you to um, use a comparison towards our next segment and offer a segue potential because we we have <laughs> an our uh, the socal seahawk waiting uh it's like the 2010s with san francisco 49ers versus the seahawks yeah,
0: that's what you want
1: that yeah. was that was fun
2: rich well, where, where can uh where can
1: people yeah, I mean, uh
2: find you on twitter uh, you can find me on Tinder at, at uh, SSU underscore Richard M. Great, and uh yeah. i are constantly
0: posting there. And uh, yep, you can also find the Richard the Ram Michelson here on this show. And we appreciate all, all the insight that you brought for the Sounders. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and uh, bid you adieu and welcome. All right.
2: Well, thanks, guys. I'll just say one thing: I was thrilled that the Seahawks won. Um, and for Week One, I don't care how they get it done but I'm sure Rob will will break down what we might have to be worried about. So (laughs) have fun guys. Thanks. All right. Uh, thank you,
0: Rich. And we'll bring on uh, the SoCal Seahawk himself, Rob English. How's it going, Rob?
3: Hello gentlemen. How are we?
0: How are we? I'm doing well, especially after Monday night football.
3: Absolutely. Yes, it was, you know, we talked a lot about heading into that game, uh, that, you know, that there was much said, that hey, we, if we beat Russell Wilson and, and, and beat the 49ers, you know, the season is complete. Is, is it good enough for us? You know, and, uh, and, we, and we did part of it. We're a third of the way there. But after, after seeing how, how clean the game was in the first half, not so much in the second half, but uh, a lot to look forward to, I think, if, if we can manage to play, you know, I, I mean, at least as good as we did in the first half of that game, then we, might, we might surprise, uh, you know, ourselves this year.
0: Yeah. Hey guys, so why does that win, like how did it become such a unifying thing for the Seahawks fans? Like I've just noticed this entire week that, that that's what like all the fans needed was a win over Russ. Um, how, how, that's a weird thing to say. Like, you know, why? That, why is that game so darn important? Uh, and why would it have been devastating if we would lost?
1: I don't think it would have been devastating if we lost. I think. Because it was probably we,
0: anticipated.
1: I think, well, we were projected to lose. I think pretty much every line had us losing. Maybe not by a lot, but losing in general. Um,
0: but why I when, think, I talk to, when I look on Facebook, when I talk to my friends, why is everybody so thrilled by it?
1: Well, it was an important win because it showed that we, we could live without Russ. You know there was all this concern in the offseason about Gino and drew lock and 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 you know well we're, we lost russ what are we gonna do now at quarterback we're lost at quarterback we're gonna suck we're terrible and then Gino went out there and was like russ who you know <laughs> i mean we,
3: it was great
0: rob
1: yeah
3: yeah for 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 the for all for all those very same points i actually do agree uh, with you, Abe, I, I think it, it would have been devastating for us to lose, despite the fact that um, you know we were, you know, we were slated to lose, and and the expectation was that Russell was going to come in there and be Russell Wilson against us. I think, uh, I think the booing of Russell, although I was not a, I was not a uh, a champion of that, I I I say that I was, I would not have booed him, but I think if I was in that stadium and and saw it and was there seeing how it went down, I would have ended up booing him too, just because. It, 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 it presents a united front like we are we are we are united uh, in in our in our quest for a lombardi trophy you know sans russell wilson or or after the russell wilson era era and and we moved on from this this is football we you were great while you were here we love you but you're on you're wearing a different color jersey this week and exactly. and and that's what it is and so um, yeah. i do believe i do believe that if we had lost that game there it would have it would have really put a, a a dagger into the hearts of, of not just the Seahawks players but the but the fans as well. I think it would have been a killer.
0: You know what I kind well, of liken it to? I almost liken it to when Ken Griffey Jr. was traded to the Reds. Everybody here was super bummed until two guys, uh what was it, Dan Wilson and Mike Cameron.
1: We got Mike Cameron Wilson. in that trade, but yeah, yeah what what about him?
0: Well, they became superstars. And well, we didn't like, get Dan
1: Wilson in that trade.
0: Oh, okay, but we got Mike Cameron.
1: Yeah, we had Dan Wilson for years before that, but yeah,
0: uh, we had Mike Cameron. And who am I thinking of? There's another guy.
1: We had well in that trade. We got Antonio Perez, Brett Tomko, Brett Tomko, Mike Cameron, and somebody else.
0: But we got two guys. We got two guys who were really good. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And the thing is that once you see Cameron out there, and
1: oh, Cameron was playing
0: amazing. hard. We just are like, you know what? Who cares?
1: I think, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I read, I read, I forget who made the point, but I had to agree with it. it was exactly basically what you said, Rob. It was basically while he's on the field here he, and he's wearing somebody else's colors, boo him. He's, you know, he's, he is the other, he's the other player now. He's the other team, you know, whatever. When his, when his career is over. Honor him. He's going to be a part of the ring of honor. He's going to, we're going to celebrate him then and everything. But, but right now he's on the field wearing the enemy colors. Yeah. So show him booze. You know, it's not, it's not personal. We're not booing him like a rod. We're booing him because he's another He's the other team's quarterback, you know, my
0: God did work because how many false start penalties? Oh man.
1: I don't think you'd ever experienced Seattle's sound from that from that side. So <laughs> welcome to Seattle.
0: And did you guys look at how many times, like especially on the last play of the second the last play of the game, how many times that play clock was down to one? And like oh.
1: yeah, it's it the, had a, the fans did an amazing
3: job.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: It had it had a, a very real effect. I mean the, the fall starts, the delay of games, but as you said, when that play clock down to one. That, that gives a a big advantage to the defense too, is because you, you're going to jump the, the jump the snap count there. You know they have to snap it, so so you don't have to worry about waiting for the ball to move. You're just going to jump because they have the ball has to get snapped. So um, yeah, it was it, it really did uh, uh, bode well for us.
0: So for Geno Smith, who by the way got huge chance throughout the entire game, um, we got to see what Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator, we got to see in the first half how the place you're supposed to look didn't we
1: mm-hmm. absolutely and it was magnificent there was some there was some awesome play calling there were some new packages the three tight end set in particular is my favorite i loved yep. it i was enjoying and reveling in every moment that i
3: saw it they ran a couple plays out of the pistol i was like okay oh, yeah. all right. that was fun yeah. too Yep,
1: a lot of different looks a lot of short passes a lot of different things different looks things that that were never really possible under Russell uh, with his improvisation and unwillingness to throw it to the short
3: guy. Um,
0: so, now, so now what happened in the nice. second half with the offense?
3: I think in the second half, I mean, it, it, it looked, unfortunately, very reminiscent of Seahawk football, you know, of the past. Where, you know, you know either we're, we're, we're fighting to to get to, to win a game in the end, coming from behind, or we get a lead and then we take the foot off the gas, right? And then we don't finish a team. You know, not finishing a team has been something that, we, that we've dealt with, um, you know, in, in the last 10 years, uh, a few different times during the last 10 years. So um, it looked like that a bit. Um, Gino looked to be a little, I don't know if it was apprehensive in the pocket, um, he wasn't stepping up like he was in the first half. I don't know if he just got comfortable or what the case was, but two big sacks um, that he took just because he just didn't take a step forward, and and, and the defender would have been right around the backside of him, like like what happened in the first half. But he was sitting back there, um, you know. I think maybe he was eyeballing eyeballing where he wanted to go, um, and hopefully they can get that fixed. But yeah, it just seemed like you know they, they you make your halftime adjustments. I think Denver did that. Um, at least, yeah, at least that's defense-
0: what I felt. That's what I felt, Rob is I felt that the the other team's defensive adjustments kind of fooled us.
3: Um,
0: I noticed a lot more stunts on the defensive line. Um, I noticed they moved around uh, uh, Chubb. They didn't just have him in one spot, you know, that kind of stuff. And maybe we just weren't as quick to react.
1: Well, you got to remember a lot of people have this – the Denver Broncos defense is a top five defense in the league. It's a great defense. Yeah. It's an amazing, it's a really good defense and they were eating themselves alive with penalty in the first, first half. And they cleaned that up a fair bit in the second half and they made adjustments and our offense wasn't able to get past those adjustments. I think, I think, you know, you also, like you mentioned, you mentioned Chubb. Chubb had some Cross, our left, our new left tackle, was amazing against Chubb, but you could only hold off Chubb for so long. You know, Chubb is so good; he's going to figure out a way around. You. He's going to wear you down, or he's going to find a way. You know, they're going to move him around to the other side or or something. And um, you know, Gino needs to get rid of the ball. <laughs> you know, yeah. sooner or later, you got a, a rookie tackle; they're going to find a way around him or something. You know, and so I think I think it's just a matter of. We went up against a really, really good defense, and they made better adjustments than we did. Um, I'm I'm first eager to down. see how the offense plays out the rest of the year. But
0: first touch first touchdown. Uh, you what you were saying is like Gino needs to step up, and that's exactly what he did. Some mm-hmm. uh Bronco came barreling in. By the way, big ups to Travis Homer for getting run over. Oh
1: god, he got destroyed. Because <laughs> it
0: bought you know what though,
1: it bought that half I- second
0: bottom of half second Gino stepped up uh did a shot put jump pass to uh will disley who denver decided didn't need to be covered not at all <laughs> yeah, touchdown <laughs> we'll take I that mean, all day yeah that's yeah. what we need to see out of Gino.
1: Ho- homer homer oh man he took one for the team that was <laughs> he got run over by a six seven 300 pound guy you know at full speed and he's a little guy <laughs> he, he got fully run
3: over it was pretty impressive the literal definition of taking one for the team, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked. It bought
1: enough time and that's his job as the pass blocker, you know, uh,
0: second half. I didn't see much that two big things glaring guys. Give me your, give me responses on one. Why DK Metcalf wasn't used as much. And two, uh, we stopped running the ball.
3: Yeah. DK Metcalf, uh, very active in the first half. Uh, again, I'm not sure what happened there. It, It, you know, at some point we might have to consider the fact, you know, that when the same thing happens over and over again, it may not be for reasons that we thought of before. I mean, uh, there were games where Russell went, went for DK and there were games Russell did not go for DK, it seemed, at all. Uh, DK found, found – uh, the should say the ball was finding DK a lot in the first half. He made one amazing catch that bailed out um, – bailed out, you where he went up high against the defender and brought the ball down uh, with really strong hands. Um, that was an amazing catch. Gino out there. Um, second half, I have to just uh, assume that they were just doing what they had to do to take him away. Um, I mean, why would you stop? Why would you stop going g- going towards someone going to someone who made such great plays throughout the first half? It it, it defies logic, right?
0: Yeah, maybe they double teamed him. And I know that Pete Carroll is very anti throwing into double teams. Right.
1: Yeah, I, you know. Once again, I think I think it's just a matter of top tier defense making amazing amazing making the proper adjustments at halftime and our offense didn't look like we looked like we were off our game yeah the whole second I mean, half it's, it's like we, it's like they had they had solved our offense or something well yeah that's the other thing it's like we got away from what worked we got away from i didn't even see us try to run the ball it's like we're like no we're just gonna throw three times and go out you know and at least try and run you know, once one of those plays try to get some variety and they're trying to move the ball, spread the field, you know? Um, I, I, yeah. I, I, I have to give credit. I have to give credit again to the, the defense. They made great, they made great, uh, adjustments. Um, and, uh, luckily our defense, which looked amazing, I think, uh, considering how much of a rebuild went on, no. uh, did, did, did very, very well. I was nope. impressed.
0: Let's talk, let's talk about that. Um, yeah. Evaluation on, let me get your evaluation on the following players: uh, Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, uh, the defensive end Nuosu. These are these are new guys for our team. Uh, what do you guys think?
3: Uh, I give a thumbs up to uh, Woolen and uh, nuosu Su. Uh, Kobe Bryant uh, got beat. Uh, well, he got beat. And then he cut the cut to the guy and then just decided that he just wasn't going to even bring him down afterwards on that on that deep ball. Um, you know, if, if that, that's one of those ones that that was one reason why I was happy that Russell Wilson is no longer a Seahawk when he threw that pass. Despite the, the fight, despite the fact that it was a touchdown, it was one of those deep balls that Russell his moon balls, if you will. Yeah, it was really it. a moon ball. but It was kind of like a moon ball, but it was too short. If yeah. Russell puts that ball in front of the receiver, Kobe Bryant never would even have had a chance of even of sniffing his cleats. But, that, but he had, he had to slow up to make the catch. And Kobe Bryant, you know, you would have liked to see that ball just, just get knocked around and, and fall incomplete. But he, he caught it, and Bryant you know, couldn't even bring the receiver down. Um, so that was really unfortunate. Um, but, you know, he got beat, you know, just, I mean, almost right off the line. So um, it was it – was, um, that, that part uh, left, leaves me, you know, not feeling great about him. As good as we heard about he, how he was in, in camp, uh, he looked a little shaky in, in, I think, one of the preseason games. And then last, or last night, but Monday night, um, you know, another, another big beat. Um, I'm worried a little bit there.
1: Uh, I have to give a big thumbs up to Yuchenna Nuosu, who I was a big fan of the signing and, and I've been his biggest promoter on the show, obviously. Um, but uh, he, I, he, he did well. He's going to need help. Uh, losing Jamal Adams for the season is going to hurt him he's not going to have another rusher. We need another rusher. We need some, we need someone else to step up.
0: Didn't you message us about Shelby Harris also uh,
1: Harris? I didn't even really see him to be honest.
0: I think Rob, didn't you message us about him being out?
3: Yeah, he was, well, he was, he went down, but he ended up back on the field, but yeah, he did. Yeah. Um,
1: Woolen, Woolen looked pretty good. Uh, Yeah. And then yeah, Kobe Bryant, obviously he blew spectacular on national TV on his rookie first start. (laughs) <laughs> um you know he's he need you know and i i Pete carroll the one thing he knows is cornerbacks the one thing he can really coach up is corner is the secondary and and he has said time and time again he has full faith in in both woolen and kobe bryant and i've seen enough in preseason and, and at camp and, and eclipse and stuff to agree that yeah there's there's obviously talent there Pete just thinks they need time and experience and you know that's how do you get that? You get that by screwing up on national television, unfortunately. But, you know, you learn. You live and you learn. And I didn't see him in any, in a high-pressure situation the rest of the night. Um, I think Pete sat oh, him for a while. You
0: got taken out. Got taken out um, they put in Coleman, and they also put in uh, Michael Jackson.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think Pete sat him for a bit. I think I think Pete wants to talk – wanted to coach him up about it and say, okay, here's what you did. Here's what you did wrong. Um oh you know, the, the, don't throw them out yet. You know, don't give up on the kid just yet. I, I say, give him time.
0: Offensive side of the ball. Three, three names again. Uh, let's go. Charles cross. Let's go. Abraham Lucas. Let's go DJ Dallas. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was like, my God, he's everywhere on the field, especially yeah. on, the special on special
3: teams, special teams. Yes. He, he may put a big hit on the return man. Um, I, can't, I think I think it was in the second quarter, right out of uh, the
0: half, right, right out of
3: the second Yeah. Half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. I was like, okay, like, down, I'm like, he hit him so hard. I'm thinking, like, dude, like, don't mess around or hurt your shoulder. We need you to run the football. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, I was like, I was like, like, he's he's out there earning his money. Um, that that, that was great to see. That the team was on fire. They they were they were they were hyped. They were they were ready to go out there and win that game. Um, and and uh, uh, Abe Lucas got burned at 1.0 and gave up a sack or, or did he give up what was it he did something he, he wrong He got a holding
0: that would have been a sack
3: oh okay yeah oh it was I was at the hold I remember I, I I texted the group and I was like thanks, thanks for having Abe cuz I knew I, I knew I didn't like <laughs> this guy just based on his name and uh <laughs> you know and he and he let me down let me down in, in the football game um and then who was the other who's the other name
1: cross, cross Cross left tackle
3: Cross Cross did well I think I think for for going out there and going up against a a, a real strong uh pass rush um, I think he did well. He only, you know, he had, he had one big mistake, I think. Um, and, but other than that, I think he held his own and I think uh, as time goes on, um, he, he's only going to get better.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly impressed by cross, uh, that, that pick is going to pay off for the, you know, the rest of the decade. Um,
0: I, I think, I think teams are going to be kicking themselves. They didn't get, uh, Abraham Lucas either
1: i i agree with that i i have like you know I, yeah there were concerns about his blast pass but blo- or not his pass blocking his run blocking. run blocking and uh you know yeah okay so you play in a in an air raid doesn't mean you don't know how to block
3: i mean yeah i mean come on <laughs> um i i, I just, just want to make sure that we're not going to let the seahawk defense off the hook here because we, we gave the little bit the you know we talked about the good but we're I, not gonna let them are we abe there's mistakes no no no, no. wait
0: what's your what's your uh there's yeah, things, there's, there's
3: things that need to be tightened up, but
0: specifically, what were you looking at, Rob?
3: Well, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, if you look at the game, so uh, I, ever since the game happened, right. Ever since the end of the game, I I've been on, you know, you know, me, I'm on the interwebs uh, looking at all of the chatter and getting okay. involved in arguments with people I don't know, or I'll never meet. Um, but <laughs> but um,
0: Rob, but... I thought you were always on the internet going to listen to the audio uh, podcasts of opposing teams. uh, oh. uh uh, that sports too. radio to listen that, to that, that, that too, that part. too,
3: that and like and like Ben Maller and, 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 and those guys. Like I got, I got <laughs> to hear all the windbags uh, uh, on 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 radio and on TV. But but it, with the Seahawks, the people were talking about how we played such great defense. We didn't. We didn't play great defense. We made three outrageous, amazing stops in the red zone inside the ten yard line. But we gave up over a hundred and excuse me, four hundred and thirty yards to that to that Denver uh, Denver offense. That is not sustainable. Uh, that's not yeah. sustainable model. We, we have to figure out. I mean, that if we continue that, we're going to be another record breakingly bad defensive team again, like we were what year last what two years ago? That, that's, that, we, we can't do that. We had to start making stops between the 20s. It, 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 the, uh, I, I got into one argument with a, with a, with a so called fan, and I am said, listen, the, the, last year, the Houston Texans were the worst red zone offense in football. They were, they were scoring. At like 51.4%. That's still better than half. That's still better than half. So out of those three red zone trips, you have to figure that Denver scores at least one of those times, and that's the game. Even if they only got field goals, we lose. So so get letting these teams get down into the red zone inside the 10 and thinking you're gonna stop them at the goal line each time is just not sustainable. And 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 that's not a good defensive model. So no, I don't think we played great defense. We made a few great plays at the most opportune times, which is great. But again, that's not something that can, can that can continue.
0: Yeah. That's I, so called cool, Fan, by the way, I'd appreciate if you stopped calling my mother. I'm
1: yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I just want to, I
1: want to clarify one thing. We, oh, no, no, we, I need
0: to clarify one thing.
1: Okay. That
0: negativity and pessimism by
1: Rob, yeah. he's
0: taken my gimmick, hasn't he?
1: yeah he has it's, that's usually it's me saying that kind of a kind of a jerk move but anyway <laughs> uh you didn't hear me say that um no uh I, I want to point out one thing uh we did lose what's supposed to be our you know one of our biggest offense our defensive pieces for the season in the middle yeah. of the game And early was on the field and they were using the three safety look so that he could go up and play linebacker, but not really be a linebacker because he belongs to being a linebacker. And that's a whole nother discussion. But anyway, um, when we were running that set, we were a lot more effective and you lose a big piece like that. They had to kind of go back to the two, to two safety set and they kind of had to reassess and they weren't playing the game that they had game planned. Um, so, and you're also, I mean, also you're looking at, you remember, remember how you were upset at me because I said the Broncos were going to come in fourth in their own division. Cause Oh my God, they got Russell Wilson. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're amazing. Well, that, that, I thought that was an amazing offense. So, we, you know, we had an entire defense we rebuilt from scrap over the off season. And we're supposed to be holding back this amazing top five offense or whatever, you know, no, Uh, I think, I think there's a lot of mitigating conditions or situations to, to what you were saying. I think is what I'm saying is, you know, you lose, you lose Jamal Adams, you lose a good pass rusher, the WOSU all of a sudden doesn't have a buddy that can count to take heat, help him out, you know, helped out in that role. And, uh, and so our pass rush disappeared in the second half and bad things happened.
3: Yes. I don't know. I, I mean, you, you, you might have a point, but I mean, look, Adams only played 15 snaps. I think, I think, I think he played like, so, I mean, he, he was, he was out relatively early. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, so um, you know, I, I don't know that he the, the loss of him really was that was the, you know, the, the kicker in, in that um, we, we, we didn't stop Denver's offense again. We, we, Den, Denver hurt themselves. I, I, this is one of those times where I think Denver beat themselves more than more than more than they lost to the Seahawks. Or Russell and,
1: beat himself.
3: Yeah, but but <laughs> Which even we've Russell, seen. Did, Russell didn't look. Russell did not fumble those fumble those 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 hand the the, the football on, on those running plays, and Russell didn't make the bonehead decision to kick a sixty-four yard field goal instead of well, going. We need to talk away. about that. Yes. Well, hang <laughs> on. well, Russell
0: and Russell did extremely poor clock management up until that point.
3: That's on him. Yeah, if, 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 the, if you're going to put some on it. Russell, that could be it. That could be it, yeah.
0: But um the 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 other thing too is uh on defense, those guys didn't just fumble the ball. They were absolutely smoked by our defense and were forced True. to fumble that ball. True. So I take that as a win because uh I'm not in any uh, I'm not you know under any delusion that the Seahawks are gonna make the playoffs. But what After. I want to see is from the defense. Okay, this is your set point. You have new guys. You have Nuosu that we talked about. We you have uh, uh, Tariq uh, Woolen. You have Kobe Bryant. Jackson. You have Coleman back again. You have uh, Josh Johnson. I, I believe is the uh, uh, safety.
1: Safety, yeah.
0: Uh, and then you have uh, um, you know you just have a Tanner Muse as a linebacker. You just have all these. New guys. So, okay. Yes, this, they gave up 400 whatever yards. Let's see where that progresses as these new pieces fit in. Um, I, if you look at it from the standpoint of, we have to assume that the rookies will all get better, would have to assume that then the defense after six games will get better. Um, cool. Unless they're colossal busts, which, well, you know, possible as well. I mean, uh,
1: well, some of them are filler players. Uh, no offense, but some of them are band aids like Coleman and Muse right. and Jones.
0: Right. But that'd be uh, their bust uh, from the standpoint of uh, John Snyder, the the GM.
1: As, uh, well, you know, maybe it's a rebuilding year and you don't have all the parts yet. So you've got to have some filler guys. That's the other thing. You know, remember, remember just how big of a teardown we really had to do. I mean, you know, we had to be rebuild an entire secondary and we had to rebuild, uh, we're, we're switching or We're switching from from 4-3 uh, three to 3-4 three, and, and so it's, it's a whole new dynamic. So, yeah, then there's, and, and, and how often have all the starters until this game, I mean, even in preseason, not all the starters all played together that much. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. We, we just have to wait and see. It's too early to judgment. See how the team gels as they come together and, and play more reps against with each other. And, um, you know, instead of a a five or six win season, maybe this is a seven or eight. That'd be nice.
0: Yeah. I do agree with you, Rob, uh, got a message here that it was almost 10 yards per play in the first half for the, for the Broncos, but, um, that's our level set. Let's see what happens. And uh, you guys want to talk one last subject here before we sign off for the day. And uh actually I wonder if I should bring Rich in on this one. Rich, if you're there, feel free to jump in. I, I see you lurking out there.
1: He um, is lurking, isn't he?
0: And that's you know, uh just this weird decision to kick a 64-yard field goal. Um I was against it. What about
2: you guys? I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a, just a bad call unless you have you know, a, a a kicker that has consistently kicked 62 yarders or 63 yarders or 60 yarders, right? Like there's a guy that the Broncos had back in the nineties and the early two thousands that like kicked sixty yarders on a regular basis at, at Mile High Stadium,
1: right? Matt Prater, who won the got them to the playoffs and, and won their yeah. playoff game for them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Not so Tebow. I mean that was who I was thinking of. But anyway, I, I think in general it's a bad decision. The the make percentage is bad. I think that if you spent a gajillion dollars in draft picks and cat, you know, like assets for your club to get Russell Wilson, isn't like converting a fourth and five in the fourth quarter to go win a game what you hired him to do. Isn't that why you gave up all those draft picks and all the those players, right? Like, hundred percent. Like, I I get it if you if you hand it over to your kicker on a fifty four yarder, right, or a forty four yarder, right. Like, yeah, that's a tough kick, but that's what you pay NFL kickers for, right? But sixty four yards is, I mean.
1: Well, they were talking about how he had been making like in pregame or something, he had been making it. And, and I'm like, okay, well, pregame means nothing because the Marine layer rolls in Well, not, and he's not used just to that. kicking at mile high where the air is thinner. Right.
2: But I mean, like what do you make in scrimmage when you have the kicking kick block team going full game busters from 64? Like do you make those? Cause that's an entirely, you know, Entirely different ball of grease when you actually have two hundred pound men flying at you.
3: I, I think I think a lot of it has to do even more than that. Uh, is just it's it's just the knowledge. It's it's really a, a psychological game. I think really when it comes to kicking field goals, because you see, guys, you guys remember the playoff game against Minnesota where uh, what's his name blew that blew that chip shot. Our own kicker. Yeah, and then we drafted and then and then we signed him right, Blair Walsh. Uh, you remember that you know, it's a psychological game. I mean, when you're going out there and you know that there's nothing riding on it, you probably kick it, you probably kick it, you know, from, from the other side of the field and make a few of them, you know, because there's nothing riding on it. You're just You're just letting your foot go. But, but when, when it counts, when you only get one shot and this is the reason you're making your money, this is for, you know, this is how, as Marshawn Lynch would say, this is how you make your chicken, right? This is it. This is it, one shot or you're going home. It's it's a whole other animal. I think that matters even more than just the fact that you've got guys running at you, you know. Because I mean, because you know, with that in mind, I mean, you know, that that could, um, you know, the ball's not going to touch them anyway. At least it shouldn't, you know. So I think it really had come down to the psychological aspect of it. His first attempt before Pete had iced him, that ball wasn't even close. I'm like, sometimes you, sometimes that late ice is a is a bad idea because that first kick attempt was way left. Yeah. Um, and then and then, uh, and matter of fact, I think it was even too short. Uh, but uh, on that second try, when you've had that that second attempt, OK, you got all the you got all the cobwebs out or you got the,
1: all the data. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You, yeah, you shook off whatever that whatever that whatever uh, ruster, whatever it might be on you. Now you're going to go swing the leg again. He nearly got it. He so nearly Rob, got it. So so Rob, I'll give me the
0: last word on this show. And you're talking about because you're talking about psychological effect. Uh, what? Let's play the what if game. What if Russell Wilson doesn't make the fourth and five?
3: Oh, man. If if Russell goes forward on fourth and five and we stop him, we stop if we stop that team, regardless of what kind of whatever the play is, we make that stop on fourth and five. It would have been another beast quick moment. dub would, uh, would have been recording a seismic activity, um, you know, at, at their at their site. Um, it, it would have been huge. I mean, that 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 would have been the only thing that could have made that game better than it was.
0: I, actually, that might have been the perfect ending, but uh, we'll take yes. what we got um, and uh, let's go ahead and do our shout-outs. Rich, do you want in on a shout-out today?
2: Yeah, I'd like to just give a shout-out to the uh, um, F, uh, Austin FC for um, for beating RSL and continuing their, uh, their free fall. So thank you for uh, being bad enough for us to beat you last week and then good enough this week, midweek, to beat RSL. So helping us twice in a week um, to move up in the playoff
3: race for the Sounders. Rob, how about you? You know, I'm going to give my shout out this week to my daughter, Aubrey. Uh, she lost a tooth um, and she did it like such a champion. Like she was so tough. I didn't even know she had a loose tooth. She's been just going through life with a with a, a, a loose tooth. Not even, you know, no one even knew about it. And all so, um, I'm at the gym and she calls me, daddy, I lost my tooth. I'm like, I didn't know you even had a loose tooth. So, so she just did it like a champion when it was it was time to come out. She went in and just pulled it out and presented it. And uh, and the tooth fairy brought her a couple of bucks. A couple uh, bucks, a
0: couple oh, of bucks. inflation fairy. is
1: the, the tooth fairy is subject to inflation. Didn't you know that?
3: What
0: a cheap tooth fairy these days!
1: Hey,
3: when you lose a molar, you might get five bucks, right. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm going to give a shout out, uh, a little bit of a different shout out. I want to give a shout out to the firefighters uh, up here um, east of uh, Everett, up Highway 2, that have been working their butts off the last week, two weeks or so uh, on this fire. And they've minimized, been able to, they had to close two for the weekend, but they, they've been able to uh, keep people safe and keep, and keep homes from being burned. And, and they're, they're doing a great job up there. It was quite a lot of ash falling on Everett. Right last on. weekend
0: and uh i will give my shout out again to amanda Nuss, whose uh husband just recently passed away the funeral is uh this saturday we will be there for you a bunch of bunch of people flying in uh to pay their respects um all right guys uh we are the seattle sports team on behalf of rich the ram Mikeson, uh rob the socal seahawk english and that damn dirty duck map page and myself abraham deweese we invite you to listen to us next time uh, check us out on all the uh areas where you can find podcasts such as Spotify, iTunes, and uh, uh, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. And also, check us out at seattle sports.tv.com. And we'll catch you guys next week.
3: No
1: hawks, no hawks.